Welcome back to this episode of Hip Hop History. This week we are talking about the one and only Lamont Coleman, who was born on May 30th, 1974, in the Harlem neighborhood of New York City. He was the third and youngest child of Gilda Terry and Charles Davis. Davis left the family while Coleman was a child. He had two older half-siblings, Donald and Leroy Fanazzi. Coleman received his nicknames Little L and Montmont as a child. His elder brother, Donald Fanazzi, took Coleman to a Run DMC concert at the Beacon Theater when Coleman was about seven years old. According to Fanazzi, Coleman was awed by the performance, which sparked his interest in rapping. By age 12, Coleman became a big hip-hop fan and started freestyling with other people in his neighborhood. Coleman began writing rhymes in 1990. He also founded a group known as Three the Hard Way in 1990, but it was quickly broken up due to lack of enthusiasm among the members which consisted of Coleman, Doc Reem, and Rodney. No projects were released, and after Rodney left, the group was renamed Two Hard Motherfuckers. Around this time, people started to refer to Coleman as Big L. In the summer of 1990, Coleman met Lord Finesse at an autograph session in a record shop at 125th Street. After he did a freestyle, Finesse and Coleman exchanged numbers. Coleman attended Julia Richmond High School and graduated in 1992. While in high school, Coleman freestyle battled regularly. In his last interview, he stated, in the beginning, all I ever saw me doing was battling everybody on the street corners, rhyming in the hallways, beating on the wall, rhyming to my friends. In 1992, Coleman recorded various demos, some of which were featured on his debut album, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. On February 11th, Coleman appeared on Yo! MTV Raps with Lord Finesse to help promote Finesse's studio album. Return of the Funky Man. Coleman's first professional appearance came on Yes You May Remix, the B-side of Party Over Here in 1992 by Lord Finesse, and his first album appearance was on Represent off of Showbiz and AG's Runaway Slave in 1992. During this time, he won an amateur freestyle battle hosted by Nubian Productions, which consisted of about 2,000 contestants. In 1992, Coleman signed to Columbia Records. He then joined Lord Finesse's Bronx-based hip-hop collective Diggin' in the Crates, aka DITC, which consisted of Lord Finesse, Diamond D, OC, Fat Joe, Buck Wild, Showbiz and AG, and in 1993, Coleman released his first promotional single, Devil's Son, and later said it was one of the first horrorcore singles, influencing others. He said he wrote the song because I've always been a fan of horror flicks, plus the things I see in Harlem are very scary, so I just put it all together in a rhyme. However, he said he preferred other styles over horrorcore. Coleman founded the Harlem rap group Children of the Corn, with Killa Cam, aka Cameron, Murder Mace, aka Mace, Bloodshed, and McGruff in 1993. On February 18, 1993, he performed live at the Uptown Lord Finesse Birthday Bash at the 2000 Club, which included other performances from Fat Joe, Nas, and Diamond D. In 1994, he released his second promotional single, Clinic. On July 11, 1994, Coleman released a radio edit of Put It On, followed up by the release of the music video three months later. In 1995, the music video for the single No Ends, No Skins debuted. It was directed by Brian LeVar. His debut studio album, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous, was released in March 19. The album debuted at number 149 on the Billboard 200 and number 22 on the top R&B and hip-hop albums chart. Lifestyles would go on to sell over 200,000 copies as of 2000. Three singles were released from the album. The first two, Put It On and MVP, reached the top 25 on Billboard's hot rap tracks. In 1996, Coleman was dropped from Columbia mainly because of a dispute between Coleman and the label over artistic differences. He stated, I was there with a bunch of strangers that didn't really know my music. In 1997, he started working on his second studio album, The Big Picture. CLC folded when Bloodshed passed in a car accident in New York on March 2nd, 1997. Later that year, DITC appeared in the July issue of On The Go magazine. Coleman then appeared on OC's single, Dangerous, from OC's second album, Jewels. That November, he was the opening act for OC's European Jewels tour. Sometime in 1998, Coleman formed his own independent label, Flamboyant Entertainment. According to The Village Voice, it planned to distribute the kind of hip-hop that sold without top 40 samples or R&B hooks. That same year, Coleman released the single, Ebonics. The 
song based on African-American vernacular English, was called one of the top five independent singles of the year by The Source. Also in 1998, DITC released their first single, Dignified Soldiers. Following the release of Ebonics, Coleman caught the eye of Damon Dash, the CEO of Rockefeller Records. Dash offered to sign him to Rockefeller, but Coleman wanted his crew to sign as well. On February 8, 1999, Coleman, Herb McGruff, C-Town, and Jay-Z started the process to sign with Rockefeller as a group called The Wolf Pack. At around 8.30 p.m. on February 15, 1999, Big L was murdered at 45 West 139th Street in his native Harlem after being shot nine times in the face and chest in a drive-by shooting. Gerald Woodley, one of Big L's childhood friends, was arrested three months later for the crime. That friend was later released due to lack of evidence, and the murder case remains officially unsolved. In a November 2010 interview with Planet Ill, Donald Fenezzi, Big L's oldest brother, claimed Big L was sent to do something he was not supposed to do by their brother, Leroy Big Lee Fenezzi. Donald attributed Big L's being seen committing the act as the cause for his murder. On June 24, 2016, Woodley was shot in the head and later died in Harlem Hospital. Woodley's family maintains his innocence in the Coleman's killing. Rapper Cameron, who was a close friend of Big L and Woodley, attended Woodley's funeral. Later, Cameron posted a video on Instagram claiming Big L had attempted to murder Woodley a week before his death. In 2017, Lou Black, Gerard Woodley's cousin, published Ethylene, The Rise and Fall of 139th Street NFL Crew. The book details Black's first-hand interactions with the NFL crew and Big L. In the book, Black claims Leroy Big Lee Fanazzi, Coleman's eldest half-brother and leader of the NFL crew, violated his probation when he was found to be in possession of an illegal weapon and was sentenced to prison. According to Black, while in prison, Fanazzi met and contracted a hitman from Brooklyn to murder three members of the NFL gang, including Woodley. Fanazzi had tasked Big L to identify the targets to the hitman. On that day, when the murder was planned, Woodley noticed the hitman following him and successfully scared him off, as Big L had been seen multiple times with the alleged hitman days prior. Woodley assumed Big L had taken part in the attempted shooting. Approximately a week after the attempted shooting of Woodley, Big L was killed. Black did not specify if Woodley personally killed Big L. Coleman's first posthumous single was Flamboyant, which arrived on May 30th, 2000. The single peaked at number 39 on Billboard Hot R&B and Hip Hop songs and topped the Hot Rap tracks, making it Coleman's first and only number one single. Coleman's second and final studio album, The Big Picture, was released on August 1st, 2000 and featured Fat Joe, Tupac Shakur, Guru of Gangstar, Cool G Rap, and Big Daddy Kane, amongst others. The Big Picture was put together by his manager and partner in Flamboyant Entertainment, Rich King. It contained songs that he had recorded and acapella recordings that were never used, completed by producers and guest MCs that Coleman respected or had worked with previously. The Big Picture debuted at number 13 on the Billboard 200, number 2 on the top R&B and hip-hop albums, and sold 72,549 copies. The album was certified gold a month later with shipments of over 500,000 copies by the RIAA. The Big Picture was the only music by Big L to appear on a music chart outside of the United States, speaking at number 122 on the UK album chart. Children of the Corn, the collector's edition, a compilation album containing COC songs, was released in 2003. Big L's next posthumous album, 139 in Linux, was released on August 31st, 2010. Issued by Rich King on Flamboyant Entertainment, it contained previously unreleased and rare tracks. The follow-up album, Return of the Devil Son, in 2010, peaked at number 73 on the R&B hip-hop albums chart. Coleman's next releases were The Danger Zone in 2011 and an album called El Corleone, which was released on February 14th, 2012. Double XL did a tribute to Coleman in March 2003. On February 16th, 2005, at SOB's restaurant and nightclub in Manhattan, a commemoration was held for him. It included special guests such as DITC, Herb McGriff, and Kid Capri. All the money earned went to his estate. In 2004, Eminem paid tribute to Coleman in the music video for his single, Like Toy Soldiers. In an interview with MTV, Jay-Z stated, We were about to sign him right before he passed. We were about to sign him to Rockefeller. It was a done deal. I think he was really talented. I think he had the ability to write big records and big choruses. Nas also said on MTV, He scared me to death. When I heard him on that tape, I was scared to death. I said, yo, it's no 
way I can compete if this is what I gotta compete with. In 2017, Royce D59 said he believed Coleman would have been a top 3 rapper all time if he had not been killed so prematurely. In 2019, Funkmaster Flag said, People can get mad at me for saying this, but he was the best lyricist at the time. He was a better lyricist than Biggie and Jay-Z. He just didn't have the marketing and promotion. Let me go on record and say that. It's the truth. In 2022, the intersection at 140th Street and Lenox Avenue in Harlem was co-named Lamont Big L Coleman Way. Coleman was often credited in helping create the horrorcore genre in hip-hop with the 1992 song Devil's Son. However, not all his songs fall into this genre. For example, in the song Street Struck, Coleman discusses the difficulties of growing up in the ghetto and describes the consequences of living a life of crime. Coleman was notable for using the rap style called compounding. He also used metaphors in his rhymes. A documentary Street Struck, The Big L Story was set to be released in 2017. Directed by a childhood friend and independent film director, Jules, approximately 9 hours of footage was brought in, and the film's planned runtime was said to be 90 to 120 minutes long. Released on August 29, 2009, the first trailer detailed that Street Struck would contain interviews with his mother Gilda Terry, his brother Donald, childhood friends E. Cash, D.O.C., McGruff, and Stan Spit. Artists My Son and Dougie Fresh, producers Showbiz and Premiere, and DJs and personalities Cypher Sounds and Peter Rosenberg. Put together by Coleman's brother Donald, a soundtrack was said to have been made for the documentary as well. As of 2023, both the documentary and the soundtrack have yet to be released. Now let's go over Big L's discography. Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous in 1995. Posthumous albums include The Big Picture in 2000, 139th Linux in 2010, Return of the Devil's Son in 2010, The Danger Zone in 2011. There was also posthumous compilation albums including Harlem's Finest to Freestyle History in 2003, Live from Amsterdam in 2003, Big L The Archives from 1996 to 2000 in 2004. The Stretch and Bob Vito Show Big L Freestyle is still talked about to this day. I downloaded it years ago because it's that good. Not only was Big L in the studio with Stretch and Bob freestyling, but Jay-Z was also there in the studio freestyling with Big L. It's one of those pieces of history that will be talked about forever. Big L was special. Hours or days away from being signed to Rockefeller Records. Tragically lost. Harlem pays respect to Big L to this day with a mural proudly prominent in the neighborhood. Big L is still lauded as one of the most influential MCs of all time. His time on earth was cut short and we will never know how great he could have been. Thank you Big L for the impact you left on the game and on the earth. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of Hip Hop History. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review where possible. Thank you and have a great day.